You're listening to Self-Publishing Journeys, the weekly podcast for all new and aspiring self-published authors. Stand by for tips, resources, hints, and practical techniques to help you on your own self-publishing journey. Meet indie authors at different stages of their writing careers and hear how they manage to get their own books published and making sales. For show notes, web links, and useful resources, please head to selfpublishingjourneys.com. Now, here's your show host, self-published author and digital marketer, Paul Teague. Hello and welcome to Self-Publishing Journeys, episode number 45, for Monday the 9th of January 2017. My guest today is Adam Nichols, an indie crime writer with a writing tally of 15 books written over an 18-month period. He has created the Evie Black and Mason Black series, as well as the Salinger trilogy. He's just in the process of moving over to a new genre, writing under the name AC Nichols. Adam shares many of his writing challenges in the excellent Kindling Facebook group, which I'm a huge fan of. When I spoke to Adam for the podcast, I started by asking him what got him interested in writing in the first place. To be honest, I didn't even read, really. I read a lot of you know, children's books in my teen years. Um, I actually fell ill when I was about uh, 20 years old and somebody put a book in my lap. Um, I, I got through it, nothing better to do. Uh, that led to reading a few more and then you know, I just kind of put it down one day and said, okay, I want to do something like this. And there you go. <laughs> and off you went to, what genre was that then, the, the book that you were reading at that time? Uh, that was actually the genre I write in. That was a crime thriller, uh, one of James Patterson's actually. Um, is that the one you recommended to me the other day? It is, yeah, Long Came a Spider. Sorry. <laughs> And, um, what excites you about that kind of book then? Uh, I'm not sure what it was. I just kind of found that it wasn't a chore. I think uh, the short chapter, thing, you know, I've, I've adopted the short chapter technique. Um, it just kind of helps you kind of turn the pages without thinking about, you know, I like standing in line at, at the supermarket. You can quickly read a chapter. You know, you're waiting for somebody to turn up at your door. You can quickly read a chapter. And I think it just made it easier to digest. So I wanted to do that for my readers. And it seems to work so far. Well, on your recommendation, um, that book is just sitting to my right-hand side here. And when I finish <laughs> the Mark Edwards book that I'm in the middle of, you're, you're the next book. So um, mm-hmm. I've not read James Patterson before, so I, I, it sounds like I'm missing out on something. I, I'm quite envious of you, yeah. He's <laughs> um, I mean, very much a, a, a storyteller more than a writer. And again, that's something that I'm trying to do. Um, I don't fancy myself as a writer too much. Um, I'm not very poetic. Uh, I, I just like to, you know, get these stories out there and have people enjoy them, and that's that. So, um, I also find it a lot easier to to keep the production up if I work like that. Yeah, I'm really interested. You said that because um, I've sort of gone through this this recently. That this idea of do I write literary fiction or do mm. I write stuff that I just want people to love and read? And I'm guessing you're you're the second, aren't you? By the sounds of it. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I respect the the former of those two. Uh, I, if you can do it without it letting you slow you down, but I like to publish as often as possible, and I cannot do that if I'm going back over my stuff all the time. You know, I like to just keep moving forward, and and so I I, I use the latter. <laughs> so how did we get then from reading those books and being inspired by crime and thrillers to thinking, okay? I'm going to turn this into something. I'm actually going to produce these things because that's quite a, a leap. There's a lot of friction in doing that. Yes. Um, <laughs> quite a few announcements to friends and family, some of who are supportive, some of who aren't. Um, I, I think I got lucky. I found the right people. I, I landed myself in like a, a, a kind of writer friendly group. Um, it's called WeBook, actually. I'll, I'll send you the link if you want to put it underneath you. I've not heard of that, yeah. WeBook. It's, it's absolutely brilliant. I, I always describe it as Facebook for exclusively for writers. 
um, everybody kind of puts, I mean, it's, it's protected by law, so you can't copy stuff from it, but um, people put up their manuscripts and there are a load of other writers give their input as to, um, you know, I like this, I like, I don't like that. And um, it, it, it kind of helps mold you into, you know, how other readers and other writers would, you know, would like to have your work. So, I, you know, I, I spent a few years on there. Um, it also, I think it kind of broke the fall for getting my work out there and having people look at it. I didn't hit the publish button the first time, having no one ever, ever not reading my stuff, you know. It was, um, you know, it, it was supported by other people beforehand. So, What were those first books like, that first writing? How did it go? Uh, the first one was an absolute, I'm not going to lie to you, it's an absolute nightmare. <laughs> it was awful. Uh, I mean, the, the production, I'm not so, you know, I'm not, I'm not displeased with the result. Um, going through what I had to go through to get it published, um, <laughs> there's there's a lot of pressure in there, I think. Um, and, and like I say, you know, I'm a shy person, even if you're not a shy person. I think you're exposing yourself almost um, the first time you're, you're publishing something of your own. Um, I know that if I could turn back time, I, there's not really anything I would have done differently. Um, you just, you're as good as you are. And with each book you, you get out there, well, even if you don't publish it, each book you finish is going to make you better, you know, over time. So, um, it's, it's a necessary step. I'm afraid. <laughs> Just, I've actually, while we've been chatting, I've just put WeBook on my PC screen. I uh, didn't know anything about this, but it looks uh, fascinating, actually. It looks a great place to start if people are just beginning those initial scribbles. Oh, yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. In fact, even if you are published, it's, it's great to be on there. Uh, the only reason I came away from it is I just didn't have the time to put it in front of people and wait for those, those same people to respond, you know. Um, I, 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 I deal with beta readers and my editor and... Um, Thankfully, I have a very supportive girlfriend, and her family are fantastic. Um, so, you know, I, I just hand things out to all these people and get it out as quickly as possible. Otherwise, I would continue to use WeBook, absolutely. <laughs> when you were on WeBook, did you actually get to the stage of, of writing one of the books that you eventually published on Amazon? Yes. Um, they offered to publish it for me, actually, the first oh, wow. one. Um, I wanted to go the full independent route, so I did respectfully decline that offer. I think... The company, as well as the people on it, are very good at helping you, um, you know, helping you be reborn as a writer. I guess. Um, yeah, it's it's superb. <laughs> I'm very interested to know. Uh, you said you were straight in as an indie author, so you never aspired then to go the traditional route. Why, why was that from so early on in your writing career? Um, truth be told, there were a couple of years in there somewhere where I w- I was kind of of the mindset that. Uh, independent publishing was not the correct way to do it. You know, um, I was very ignorant. <laughs> I was very young and I was very ignorant. Um, I, I, I saw it as um, that if you didn't have a traditional publisher telling you that you're good enough, then you're not good enough, um, which is ridiculously wrong. <laughs> so, um, I, it wasn't until it occurred to me, having been on WeBook, you know, I was, I was only on there for editing purposes and a friend on there said to me, why not try indie, indie publishing? And eventually one day I caved in and I I couldn't look back. I could never go to a traditional publisher now. Um, I, I, yeah, I just, <laughs> what a silly little boy I was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but the thing is, is that self-publishing has changed in that time because there was a time when self-publishing was vanity publishing in, in that people would uh, go to generally something like Lulu, get 5,000 copies printed, you know, give, give away 100 to friends and family and then have 
the other four thousand sat in the the loft or the garage <laughs> getting all mouldy. But that that really was self publishing version one, and I think we're still suffering a little bit from from that and how people view that. Uh, I think I think we always will as well. To be honest, um, I don't. I, I, I honestly, at the time, I think I was a little bit on the impatient side. I kind of thought, okay, if I'm going to wait around for the possibility of being published traditionally, I'm not going to get this manuscript finished. I need that boost. I need to know that people are going to read it. Um, so, assuming that I wasn't going to make a penny off it, I, I, st- I still went the indie route just so people could read it and I could say I was a writer officially <laughs> by title rather than just description <laughs> did you do anything like classes or courses to, to help you to improve your writing craft um nothing official uh, i mean i did the open study college i did a few uh, online courses here and there I, I i'd never ventured outside of my home to do anything like that but i i'm always looking for ways to improve my writing i still am you know i'm, I'm still looking for uh, udemy is absolutely superb um I assume that's pronounced correctly. <laughs> well, that's how I say it. You do it. Yeah, that's how I say it. <laughs> that's good. So, so we're both getting it wrong. If it's wrong. <laughs> there you go. I'm taking you down with me. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm always, and I'm always encouraging other people to do exactly the same thing. There are a lot of books out there. It's unlimited resources, really, especially on Amazon, the, the, the help books you can get um, on, on the topic of writing. Stephen King has even published a, a brilliant one, and you could expect no less, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, on writing is, is considered a bit of a classic, really, isn't it? Even even if you're an indie author, uh, it's a bit of a classic, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. If you slog past the first half, of course, which is more um, stealth brag, I think. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually, um, dare I say it, of the great Mr. King, I actually prefer it summarised uh, rather than the full thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's, there's, you can pretty much bullet point what he has to say, but I don't think it sinks in unless you're reading exactly what, you, you know, every every little detail that he goes into. So I think once you've read it the once, you can kind of just skim it. I think. When you finally then sat down to write your first full length uh, novel, how long was it, and, and what was it? Which one was it? Um, okay, this was the Devil in the Detail. I named it. Um, it was 35,000 words, and it took me 10 days, the first draft. Um, I really plowed through that one. It's <laughs> a lot of words in, in that uh, time period, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, it was unplotted as well. I think I just I, – I'd lost my rag at this point. I just wanted a product, you know. Mm. <laughs> um, I mean, the, don't get me wrong. There was a good six months of editing after that. But, um, but yeah, 10 days, I flew through that. Um, I woke up some days knowing exactly what I wanted to write, and others – not quite so confident um and yeah (laughs) and at that point what what was your aim in writing because you've you've written what is it 15 now and you're just about to move genre as well you've got 15 out i should say at the time of recording this um you know what what was your aim did you have a point of the distance to say i'm going to write this number of books um no and i still don't to be honest um i think i just wanted to be a writer you know i I didn't really have at that time, I had no goal in mind, uh, you know, with regards to profit or number of books or popularity. I just wanted, I think I wanted the status, you know, um, to feed my, my ego, I suppose. Um, and now it's just, now it's a job and um, I, a fun job, the best job ever. And I absolutely love it. So th- 35 words feels like a, a, a lot of words. How did that go down as a, as a novel length when you published it? Because it's it's kind of, I don't know, it's a novella, isn't it? 35,000, is that right? Uh, I consider it a novella, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, 
I don't think that it's the right genre to be writing a novella, if I'm honest. Um, a, a lot of the reviews I got on that one were quite biased. They were friends and family and friends of friends. Um, I, I kind of disregard that book, if I'm honest. I, I look back to it now and then just because it was a stepping stone of mine, you know, um, it's a, a milestone rather. Um, yeah, I, I mean, the, the, the following was a 15,000-word short story, so... Now I'm contradicting myself, but um, yeah. but yeah, I think, like I say, I just wanted to write. I didn't really care for the market too much. I just wanted to write something that fit. And um, after a few days, I could see the end in sight, and so I just kind of molded the rest of it as I went. But you know, I, I think there's I think there's a lot that's very positive in that because I um, I do a bit of um, you know a bit of teaching with this, and so many people dig themselves into a hole and never get the blooming writing done. And what you did is in ten days you got the blasted book you know done and written you got you broke broke through the pain barrier and you just did it you know regardless you knew it wasn't going to be your best work you know that that you're always the next book hopefully is always your best work um, yeah. that you could do so but you just blooming started didn't you i think there's a lot to be said for that <laughs> i suppose I, I i still work like that if i'm honest with you every single project i need to work every single day i know that if i take one day away from it i will struggle to get back there um i i, I need to Keep it focused. I guess I, people compare it to, uh, they say it's a writing muscle, very much like going to the gym. You know, if you have a few days off, you kind of, you get a little bit flabby and it gets harder to get back there. And, um, same with writing, it's, you know, especially for me, I'm very lazy. So. It does get addictive though, doesn't it? You know, I, I'm, I'm not writing at the moment and I'm thinking, I'm getting a bit, itch, you know, I want, to, I want to get going again. I want to start writing again because it's, it's bothering me. But you sound like you don't even have a break between books the way you do it. <laughs> actually that's my only break um, wow. i think a, a, a little because of that it, it becomes a problem uh for instance i know that christmas day is coming and i know that it will take me 21 days to finish my you know to, to from start to finish to do my next book uh so i don't want to get started on it just yet because i know i have that that day off and i won't be able to get back there so um it's a curse really i guess so <laughs> Your your covers, I think, were were striking right from the the first book, The Devil in the Detail, and you, you obviously did your first series of books, and then now I, I like your your second set of covers even more. <laughs> let, let let's start with the first covers because um, when you write a book, you're in for some expenses. You you've already alluded to to editing. You, you've got decent covers on these books. These are not. Well, I assume they're not homemade covers. They don't look like it. <laughs> so, so you've uh, got to lay out some cash. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm kind of glad you said that about the devil in the detail because those uh, those first two were actually done by a friend of a friend for a very very low price. Wow. Um, well, they look alright, yeah. Oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> um, I, I I never felt so confident about them. To be honest, I you know they were good enough to publish. Um, I I've, I think I've since had them redone. I think the ones you were looking at are the newer ones. Um, the one with the tight pressure and the blood I'm, I'm looking at. Is that is that that's, that's not the original then? No, that was a fiver gig actually. <laughs> really? Yeah, so I'm quite pleased to find that. But um, well, that, that's good. Though. That's I mean that's worth knowing. You see, because I wouldn't normally go uh, to Fiverr for covers, but there ain't nothing wrong with that one. That's a really strong cover. <laughs> Oh, thank you very much. Um, I, yeah, you know, I, I, I stepped away. I think the designer had to give up for some reason. So then I moved to a company called uh, Deranged Doctor Design. Um, those are for my Mason Black books. Um, I love their work. I didn't love their prices. Um, and that's not a reflection on them because they're actually cheap considering what they do. Um, but I couldn't afford it any longer. So I went back to Fiverr for my urban fantasy novels. And now I have, well, I've just finished the first book in the series. 
I currently have five book covers for the series. <laughs> wow. So, um, yeah, at brilliantly priced. No, I couldn't be happier. I, really I, I cannot believe you're getting those covers off uh, five. I, I, that's astonishing to me because I'm just bracing myself to pay, you know, wait for it, £1,200 for three covers. <laughs> And oh, you're wow, telling yeah. me that you're getting those covers off Fiverr. That, I mean, that, you know, I, uh, <laughs> will, will you share your designer with us? Can I put it on the page links? Oh, absolutely, yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'll send you the link after. <laughs> yeah, just, I mean, I'm astonished by that because um, I thought you were paying for covers because, you know, I've, I've kind of followed you from afar, watched you build up your books and thought, you know, these all look great. I don't know how he's doing this, uh, you know, because it's very <laughs> fast and your covers are very good. And, and I know what I pay for covers. So, um you know, this is good. This is really interesting. <laughs> I'm glad you got something out of it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I might be able to save myself some cash. I, there you go. <laughs> I was going to have to sell a child in March. That's how bad it is getting. So, um, when you went to, was it Deranged Doctor Design? Is that what you said? It That's was? right. Yeah. Well, yeah. What sort of price were you paying for those? Um, I think to begin with, it was somewhere around the, um, they deal in dollars, so I think it was like $140 or something like that. It's still really uh, good for a cover. It's, yeah, absolutely. And I, uh, they were very professional as well. Um, the thing with those, rather than a fiver gig, is you know, if, if or nine times out of ten, I would say, um, if they say we're going to schedule you to you know, speak with our design on this date, they are going to speak with you then and there. Fiverr can be, I'm, I'm sure you've, dip your toe in that pond it can be a bit hit or miss with uh professionalism um i've had a few people kind of say oh yeah here, well, here's the product and and i say well hang on a minute can i change this can i change that and they say no 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 that's it no i've, I've had enough and give us the money <laughs> so, yeah yeah um, it's it's what we call revisions isn't it that you only get with fiver it's fair enough if you're only getting what is it three pound fifty for it you know you've got to sort of keep some profit in the deal i guess haven't you Oh, absolutely. However, if they do say that you can have up to three revisions and they give you absolutely nothing, you sit there with a bit of a grudge. Or I do. <laughs> absolutely. I have to say my view with Fiverr, because I use it a lot and I've used it for a lot of different things. Would you believe I've even had um, my my book blurbs, my first three books, translated into Chinese uh, bec- uh, and, and I've got them on my website in the hope that they might get indexed somewhere in China um, because I have a Chinese setting in one of my books. I just thought, oh, I'll try this. So $15.00. You know, three three Chinese translations. Let's just see what happens. Needless to say, I'm not big in China yet, so that that <laughs> experiment failed. But my view of Fiverr is, you know, um, that it's so cheap that if it does go pear shaped, at least we're not losing the more, you know, the house. We're not losing the shirt off our back. Uh, for exactly. Us. Yeah, I was. I mean, I I, I tried a, a a week long of Fiverr gigs uh, for promotions, um, and this is only about a month ago. Um, and unfortunately, they all turned out to be kind of dubs. Yeah. <laughs> um, but at least I know, and I didn't, you know, seven days, and I didn't really invest anything much. Um, Fiverr, three pound fifty. <laughs> yeah, it, it, to me, it's just it's worth a punt, isn't it? I I tried to get some book covers done on Fiverr, and uh, they weren't very good. And I just thought, well, you know, it was three pound fifty. It was worth a try because if I had got covers as good as yours, I'd have been really chuffed with that. <laughs> That Thank you very been, much. That would have been really well spent. So, so what about your um, sort of editing and proofreading process? You, you, you've alluded to the fact that um, family friends do it. Is that is that right, or do you, do, do you pay for that as well? Um, I both of those actually. Um, it goes to I finish a manuscript and I will give it a, a, a once over, and then send it to an editor. Um, and I've had a few different editors now. <laughs> so when I get it back from them, I make the necessary changes, give it a proofread, and then I start handing it out to people I know and beta readers. Um, 
they're basically my t- my you know, they check for typos and, and I make a lot of typos. <laughs> <laughs> and how how long did it take you to to get to beta readers? Because um, you know I, I've struggled a little bit with this that you send the books out, no one bloody reads the thing. So you know how, how do you get those engaged <laughs> readers? Um, I, I, do you know I just went through my subscriber list and this is only about uh, three or four books ago, uh, and I just said. Um, I, I, I kind of teased them with the idea that they can constantly get cheap books, uh, free books off me. Every single time I publish, they can do it. And all I ask for is if, if you're not going to go in depth, um, then just a review would be nice, you know. However, if they will be kind enough to point out the typos, etc., then I bribe them with a signed paperback. <laughs> that seems to go quite well. <laughs> Please, you mentioned paperbacks, actually, because um, uh, do, you do have paperbacks for all your books, do you? Uh, the ones that are long enough, yes. Um, I, I usually use it just because of the uh, – do you know the page count trick where uh, Amazon will list your ebook? Uh, the, in the details, they'll say that your ebook has, say, 100 pages, even if the ebook only has 50. But if the paper book has 100, then they will list it like that. So it's good to you know, make it look like more than it is. <laughs> so it's beneficial then to have a paperback for that reason because it makes your Kindle look longer. Absolutely, yes. Um, I don't really sell any paperbacks, if I'm honest with you. Um, I think I sold three in the last six months. Or <laughs> um, you made me feel good, actually, because I've had quite a good month this week for, for this month for paperbacks. <laughs> so, but I'm the same. I, I, you know, it's not really a profitable part of the business, is it? <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, it is nice. That, I think it, it helps with um, your confidence to be able to hold a book and say, oh, wow, I made this. You know, it's your baby, isn't it? So, yes. Well, you're talking about selling yours, but... <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, right. Treacherous <laughs> father that I am, yes. <laughs> now, um, I want to ask you then, because if you're doing paperbacks, um, the, the cover process gets a bit more complicated usually with that. Now, th- there's two ways of doing covers on create space if you you, you can just slap the um the kindle version into create space and then use their coloring at the back or you can get a fully designed you know front back and spine uh from a designer so are you doing it the, the first way um <laughs> interestingly enough until now i have been doing it through just through create space um i i I ran into a bit of an incident where, I, you know, I said that I had a Fiverr gig to do my first bunch of covers. Yes. Um, uh, that person retired and so no longer wanted to carry on. By the time I decided I wanted paperbacks. Um, so I used uh, Create Space for those. Um, thankfully, they're black. And so the, the, the back cover can just be black as well, which, which works nicely. Um, now, uh, because I'm moving genres now, I'm going to start paying the designer to do spine, back and spine as well. Um, it just it's nicer i think you know, this is where i found that actually um you know paying for the covers uh, is worth your while because i my first set of covers cost me uh 1200 about you know 400 a piece and um i for that i got the kindle and the create space cover and i got in this it's really complicated the spider line but it's horrible you know you have to say how many pages you've got and it's a real quite a technical business if you if you don't do it the easy way on create space and the first designer knew exactly what he was doing sorted it out beautifully aligned the spines second time i got books done i i went cheaper and um you know got into spine alignment problems as you, as you tend to and didn't get that sorted out because i hadn't paid the money for it and so my conclusion was you know take it on the chin and pay the money you know, get somebody who knows exactly what he's doing with those spine alignments, and then they look beautiful. Because it really bothers me now. My three spines looking at my shelf, 
are not beautifully aligned like the first <laughs> and, it, and it really sort of bugs me from that point of view so um are you, are you will you still go to fiverr for those covers um yeah <laughs> um yeah i i think that um i mean even if it's not from the same designer who did the front um uh, i mean you know this one seems to be very um I, I don't think this one's going to run away anytime soon um you know, I'm, I'm giving her enough business, I think. Well, they're, they're, they're beautiful <laughs> covers. I've seen them um, online. They're, they're really strong. Oh, thank you very much. You, um, you've obviously got the neck of using Fiverr because you've got some real strong covers. I, yeah, I think, um, you know, if you can expect to have a few a few failures, then it, you're still saving a lot of money because there is a diamond in the rough somewhere. And, um, you know, when, when you do strike it, it's, you know, it's superb. I'm really happy where I am, so... Now you, you you have written a tremendous number of, of uh, crime stroke thrillers. We've got now is it the Salinger's trilogy? I, I have I got saying that right? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Salinger, <laughs> the, the Salinger's trilogy. Uh, you've got the Mason Black series and the Evie Black series. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, the that's... Salinger's are actually. Oh, I have a book pub of Salinger's today, actually. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, we've got to talk yeah. about book pubs. Yeah. Okay. So sorry, talk, talk to me about the Salinger's first. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I, do you know what? I I think that was a false step. Um, they're good, but I, I, I don't mean to um, toot my own horn here, but um, uh, I, I, I like those books. I do. However, they were wrong for what I was trying to achieve at the time, which was to turn this into a business. Um, there wasn't really a market for them. Um, but why? why? Why wasn't there a market for them? Um, I, I wish I knew. Um, I think I made the mistake of um, I mean, uh, the combined problems of uh, being set in London and um, I didn't have an editor at this point, so there were a lot of grammatical errors and typos. Um, I was still finding my feet as an author, uh, so the structure is kind of all over the place. Um, I have since edited that, but unfortunately it's a bit too late. Um, but I, I think, you know, I'm I'm, I'm one of those learners, you know, I'll jump in and do it and I'll make the mistake and I'll learn from that mistake. Um, one thing that can be said is I'll never make the same mistake twice. So <laughs> see, I, I guess that, that is the, the author philosophy, isn't it? That is, that is just keep moving forwards. Don't, don't talk yourself out of it. Just keep doing it. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's how anybody gets off the ground, I suppose. Um, yeah. <laughs> so some people might say this, this with, with the books that you, you obviously you're, you're proud of them and you like the stories but you've learned the lessons, the lessons there. Some people might say, why don't you unpublish them? Other people might say, why don't you return to them and rewrite them? Yes, I have had that asked of me, actually. <laughs> um, I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm just a bit obsessive about keeping the reviews and the comments and the, the rankings there. Um, maybe someday in the future that will happen, but for now I'm just kind of focused on, like we say, moving forward. You know, I'm, I'm always looking to the next book. I, I find it very hard to look back. Uh, that would, that uh, looking back is how you trip up. I think um, certainly is how I trip up. <laughs> so from the challenges, then you learned your lessons from that, and then which came next, Mason Black or the the Evie Black? Uh, it was Mason Black next. Um, I, I got a professional editor for that one who did an absolutely brilliant job. Um, I, I think my, my weakness there was police procedural, um, my research or lack thereof. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I think um, that was definitely, there was a better market for that. It's, it's a, you know, a private investigator or, or detective serial killer again my mistake there was and you know some people love this fair enough uh, a bit too far on the gory side Mm. um 
So again, that's another lesson learned for the EV Black series. So um, I guess I'm evolving. <laughs> so by the time you got to EV Black, then we 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 cut out the gore. We'd got editors, so we were we must have been pretty tight by that stage. Uh, yeah, and uh, she was doing really well, actually. Um, I say she. <laughs> Evie's real now. Um, yeah, uh, however, then Urban Fantasy occurred to me. Um, and I I mean, I, I love Urban Fantasy as a consumer. Um, I, I, I kind of like the idea that now knowing everything, I feel like I've learned enough because um, I'm, I'm writing this Urban Fantasy under a pen name. Um, so I, it's kind of like, you know, risen from the ashes as such. Um, so at least I can come out with a first book under this pen name, which was something that isn't too gory or, you know, too many misspellings, etc. <laughs> Will you continue, though, to write in the crime genre? Um, more as fan service than anything. Hmm. Um, now and then I will put out any because I still I, I pre-ordered or ordered in advance, rather, um, a few uh, book covers for Evie. Um, I think I, I got eight in the end, and I've only published three of her books. Um, so every now and then, I guess I can return to it, just to you know give my loyal readers something to, to keep going. This is, this is amazing. So, so this is really interesting. I've not heard anybody say this. So you are pre-ordering uh, book covers. So you are uh, effectively creating, I guess, generic kind of crime thriller book covers. You must be coming up with titles then oh yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> so are you doing that before you've even sort of thought what the book is um yeah i mean i i got those um i think i got the first six done in one go and at the time i was still focusing on the mason black series um so i i kind of i'm being evie black i i kind of chose titles with, with black in there you know blackout black widow black magic black ice etc um and so i just at the time thought okay i'll find something to go with it when i get there um it makes my life a lot easier to know that i don't have to rely on a designer uh time wise you know i can just publish it uh, sorry write it give it to my editor and crack on with it you know this is an amazing way. I've not heard anybody who does this. I think this is amazing. This is real, um, you know, indie author production line. Bang out, bang out. Get the you know, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, you know, because we all know that as, as, as indie authors, you know, it has to be a sausage machine. You've always got to be working on the next book. And that's what makes it work better. But I've, I've never heard anything like this before. It's fascinating. Mm, it seems to work for me, to be honest. Um, I think I'll always do do things to say. And like I say, this this urban fantasy series that I'm I'm starting now. Um, I've just given the first book in the series to my editor, and I have I, I have the next four lined up and my subscriber list book cover, um, because I do give away a freebie as well that rules in my subscribers. So, um, you, and you said you've got the five covers for your urban fantasy series done already. So uh, you, you've kind of, you know, set them all up. You've just got to write the things now. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I have in the back of my mind kind of, you know, where I want to go with the series. Um, I think that's enough for me at the moment. I enjoy the plotting kind of because <laughs> I, I have two stages of plotting. You see, I, I, I have a notepad and, um, and I, I was going to say my iPhone, my, my Android, my music. Um, and I like to, you know, sit in the garden or sit in the coffee shop and just, um, I do this, uh, three act structure and I just, I do one line, um, per, per chapter or such. Um, and then I'll take it home later. And this is the part I don't like so much. It's when I, I open up Microsoft Word and I flesh it out. Um, and, uh, it doesn't take as long as, as most people think it's, um, it's kind of second nature now, I think. How, how long would it take you to plan a book then? 
Um, if I'm if I'm not being lazy, I could do it in two days. I think one day for the notepad and one day for the the fleshing. So you're just getting on with it, and then you, so you've got all your key points in the story that you need to hit, and the rest is really just down to writing craft and telling the story. Exactly. Yeah, the rest is fun, and and you can you know you could put in chapters that are not necessarily. Um, I mean, you have to always move the story forward. I'm sure you know that you're a writer. Um, uh, but you could just like take a step back sometimes. You could, I think you can organize it. I can organize my pacing a lot better if I do things that way. What does the um, editing process look to, like to you? Are you are you getting structural edits done or are yours very much copy edit proofreads? Um, I have a copy editor who is kind enough to occasionally put her structural opinion across to me yes. um i think that's the best because i'm a little on the sensitive side i guess but i i do know that it's a necessity to be told these things so i do ask that she's forward with me and she is so yeah well it's another pair of eyes isn't it over the book and if you could my, my view is if you could stop something getting out before you publish it um it, it's fine it's funny um because uh you know i i can ha- take any number of uh observations about what's wrong you know you've got this wrong or that continuity error or that wouldn't happen or you've got the you know dates wrong or something like that it's the objective stuff i think that i um, i have more problems with because that's always just going to be a matter of opinion and i could give it to 10 people and they'll make me go mad if i follow all of their different suggestions uh, yeah i think you have to pick and choose um people's opinions <laughs> very much um I mean, things like, um, you, let's say you have a character called John. I can't see John acting like this toward Lisa, for example. And in your head, I guess you're thinking, well, that's not how I see it. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, sometimes you do just have to bite your tongue and accept it, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you just have to kind of sift it, don't you? Uh, but I've, been, only, I've met people who've kind of, like, taken everything on board. And, and I think they just go mad in the end. They just keep rewriting the thing, and it's never right. And you just think, you know, at some point, and I think you're a master of this by the sounds of it, at some point, I call it fit to ship uh, or ready to ship. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that a book is, it gets to a point where, you know, it's, it's good, it's been checked, we're sure that it's right to go, now get it out there, just publish the thing, and you'll soon find out quick enough if, <laughs> if there is anything wrong with it. Uh, and, and this is the joy of self-publishing. Go back and fix it. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be corrected in ten hours, isn't it, or however long it takes. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, if you want to spend two years going over and over and over the same the same book, then you may as well go the traditionally published route. <laughs> it, it's a form of madness, I think. You know, just just you know, following everybody's criticism, all these voices in your head. I think you've um, you've got to get it out there, which I think you're obviously a master of. Uh, now, I first encountered you in the Kindling group. And uh, so um, I've sort of been following you for ages. I've been stalking you for a long time to, to be a to be a podcast. <laughs> and stalking is the word. But um, uh, and I'm really pleased we've done this because you know I knew there'd be a you'd have loads to tell us about, which is great. Uh, but k- Kindling is um, it's an online group. I think I've been I must have been in it for two two odd years. So I've been you know, watching your progress for about that length of time. Um, what made you sort of join Kindling and what do you get out of it? Because for my money, it's the best thing I've been a member of. It's brilliant. Yeah, um, I exactly that. <laughs> um, I first joined by mistake. Um, I had somebody kind enough to, um, to to pay my, my entry, if you like. Um, uh, and as you know, you've, you have you have two things. You have like a, a, a trading, like a landing page where there's a, a whole bunch of um, recorded messages and, and, and articles and stuff for training. Um, that is great. But to me, that isn't the main focus. I like the private Facebook group. Um, if I have a problem, you've probably seen my name 
every minute of every day for the last two years. If I have the slightest problem, I'll put it up. And there are people who are tripping over themselves to answer and help you um, because they've gone through it. And what I find interesting, because you told me that you're shy, and I know that you were really nervous about doing this podcast, yet you see, when I've been kindling, and you won't have seen me very much at all, uh, and I certainly don't ask questions in there, because I'm shy in in groups like that, Um, yet yet I do the podcast, obviously. Yet you, see, I'd say you are one of the main movers and shakers in that group, and you get tremendous responses to your queries, and I find your queries always uh, pertinent and interesting. You you know, I learn so much from them. Um, I guess everything I, I tend to I mean I always look in the in the files and the history before I, I before I enter any questions, you know. Um so I'm always asking something that hasn't been asked before and sometimes it's so trivial that people don't think to ask it. Um or or perhaps they don't want to come across as annoying. I don't have a problem with that at all. <laughs> I'll just jump in there and do it, you know. Um if I need to know it, I will ask it. <laughs> but don't you get a great response though? And you get a great response from people who are shifting a lot of books in that in that group. Absolutely, yeah. I would be lost without them. I would probably be working back at the milk factory if um, <laughs> if, if if they didn't if they weren't there to help me. Um Yeah, I think um I think people um in our trade are quite um, they're, they're quite keen to share their experiences. Um, I mean, I'm here, you know, I'm here to do exactly the same thing, I guess. Um, it's just, I think it's a thing. It's, um, I'll show you how you say it. <laughs> I think it's a mindset. It's a culture within the, the independent author industry that people uh, don't keep their cards close to their chest. I think they're happy to share. Yeah, I guess I, we're all of a kind, aren't we? You know, um, at the bottom of every artist, there's the same kind of underlying, you know, behavioural pattern. I think, and there it is. <laughs> and, and Amazon is a very, very deep well. People can keep drawing, you know, stories, books out of there for, for a long time. So there's, there's plenty of room for all of us, in my view. Uh, I'm hoping it's bottomless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure it is because so many markets are emerging, you know, throughout the world. There are so many more people going to come online in the years ahead. I, I think it's just a great time to be doing what we're doing. Absolutely. And I think, uh, I think as long as you're uh, willing to adapt and, and, and change, you know, the way you're doing things, I think that there's a lot of success for, for almost everybody. You know, there's room for all of us up in that high castle. <laughs> and you said to me, you see, that you didn't follow all of the kindling training. I, I went through it bit by bit, but you do actually write the kindling way. And the kindling way is to bang them out in series and get them out fast. Uh, yeah, that's more, you know, monkey see, monkey do. <laughs> um uh, you know no offense to monkeys um i i think i i did a lot of like say my first book um it, it took six months really you know start to finish uh the second book i i, I wrote it quite quickly i left it way too long um, i think it's important to write in a series and i think it's important to uh stay consistent with it uh amazon has a i think it's 30 days or it might be less now i think it might have gone down to 23 days where they'll um, they'll publicize your your book if it's new so it's good if you can always keep a book up in there then i I think you're doing yourself a large favor and as far as kindling is concerned um i need to stress that it is it's a paid group i think it's about 200 dollars or something like that if i remember rightly so it's not a prohibitive price is it it's it's sort of affordable yeah yeah more or less i'm not sure of the number either so i think that's about right yeah and and as i say um i i've been a lot of facebook groups usually i go into facebook groups and i'm out of there in five minutes because there's so much sort of nonsense i have never been in such a high quality facebook group 
um, as kindling. You know, I say I'm, I'm a watcher rather than a, you know, like as you are, I don't tend to throw myself in, but I look at it, I'm constantly looking at it and learning uh, from it. I think it's, I think it's a great resource. I think that's where the um, the entrance fee as such uh, actually comes in handy because it it kind of keeps all the people who, who don't take racing seriously at the gate. Um, so everybody in there is somebody who cares, somebody who cares enough to be able to pay that small fee to enable them to do something for the rest of their lives. Let's talk about then um, promoting your books because it's all right writing a book. The first thing or the first disappointment most authors have is they publish the thing and no one buys it. No one's finding the thing. So how did you get from that kind of initial lack of momentum that most self-published authors feel to getting things going for you? Uh, um, uh, this is where kindling came in handy. Um, a simple look on the files and there was a list of you know, 200 plus uh, promotion sites, some of which would work, some of which wouldn't. So the first thing I did was just kind of, you know, I, I rolled up my sleeves and said, right, okay, there's only one way we're going to find out which of these works. Um, and, you know, a few hundred pounds later, here we are. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I think it's trial and error. It's always trial and error. I, you know, I keep a record of every single promotion I've ever done um, in, in a lot of detail as well. And I, I'm always going to do that, even with the ones that I'm sure it will do well for me. And which of the sites, you know, just a couple of them off the top of your head, have you found that perform consistently well for you? Um, I would say eReader News Today and Robin Reads are kind of my top two. I'll do those, you know, every six weeks or so. Um, BookBub is obviously fantastic. And I actually run a few Fiverr gigs in there as well. Which of the Fiverr gigs uh, do you run? Because I know some of them they've clamped down on, haven't they? Uh, yes, they have. Um, I I think it's BK, BK Nights, is it? I, again, I don't know about the pronunciation. Yeah. Um, but it's one that I used to do, but that started to get flooded. Um, after that, I'm not sure of the name. I'll, um, I'll be sure to send it to you after. But, um, I'll pop but, yeah, it on the resources couple... page. Yeah, if you can send me the link, I'll pop it on the resources page. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Super. <laughs> now, I was very envious of you recently because I saw that you've got your first book bub. Now, book bub, for, for people who don't know, it's kind of like the holy grail for independent authors. And um, usually, um, you know, they're like a spiteful girlfriend who keeps rejecting you time and time <laughs> again. Um, and uh, you wonder what's wrong with you in the end. Um, uh, but you've got a book bub um, and you've had several since. Now, come on, tell me the secret of this because I haven't had one yet. I've got not got a sniff yet. <laughs> Um, I, I, do you know what? I wish I could tell you. I, I really, I, I, this is my third month in a row now. Um, and I had one last, I think last year it was the first time I ever got accepted. It was right before Christmas. And, um, I did the same thing I always did, you know, same settings. I want to go international. I want, you know, it's on a free book. Um, uh, they have a box for, you know, optional, an optional message, you know, why do you think that we should consider you? And at the time, I was feeling really frustrated and obviously very unprofessional. And I put something really silly like, um, oh, please don't, please make my Christmas a good one or something. And uh, 30 minutes later, I got an email saying, you've been selected for a book bub deal. And, um, wow. So you, you played the Tiny Tim from Christmas Carol card. Yeah, absolutely. And it seemed to have worked. <laughs> right. I'm doing that then. <laughs> Note to self, act like fool. Yeah. Well, as you say, so, so really, so, but it wasn't to do with the number of books you've got, the number of sales you're making. It, it, uh, that one wasn't. Um, uh, like two or three months ago, I applied for another one and said, uh, you know, in that in that same box, I I said, uh, last time, you know, I got so many uh, readers, so many subscribers, um, which obviously meant that they did as well. Um, and I said that because they've come, they've added more subscribers to their list, and they're drawing more business. You know, I, I kind of you know, just run the salesman 
manuscripts. That's said what needed to be said. Um, yeah, um, I think they're just. I think if they can see that you're not just somebody who's, you know, just just throwing out a book, just hoping to get lucky, then I think they're um, they're, they're a bit more lenient on you. Um, not to say that you've ever acted like that. <laughs> have you ever tried free booksy? I have many times. In fact, I have one running on Boxing Day. Um, they're my favourite. I like free booksy. Yeah, they're absolutely brilliant. Actually, um, I think I've been. Uh, a little bit scared. The last two times I, I did one with them, I, I got very bad results. But I think they might have been. I think this is during like Thanksgiving and stuff like that. So I think it might, you know, it might have had an impact. Oh, maybe you just hit it wrong. Yes, uh, with with timing. Yeah, I know it can happen with any with any promotion site, really. I always find with free booksy, and you alluded to this earlier, you said that you're promoting regularly. Um, you know, I, I can see my sales going down, my kind of earnings going down, and I'll do a free booksy. And it will sustain me for about two to three months sometimes if I get a, a good free book booksy. It'll keep those sales higher, you know, than that sort of drop rate. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, you're doing better than I am. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. See, I've had quite a long, good, I have a good long tail on free booksy, I find. Uh, see, I don't, I don't really find that with, with any of the promotions I do. I tend to find I'll, I'll run... Um, I don't know, somewhere between five and eight promotions in a row, you know, I stack them day by day. Um, and, I, I, you know, I, I've been in the number one spot in the free Kindle store a, a few times now, um, but it, it, it drops down a lot quicker for me. <laughs> and so I start to think, okay, well, I can't, I can't run these promotions now for another four weeks because of their rules. Um, and so I start to panic, you know, what do I do now? How do I keep that up until then? Um and so I turned to Facebook ads very briefly. Have you got on with those? Any, any joy? Uh, no. <laughs> um, I, th- I think that's that's a kind of skill in itself. I think uh, you need to know what you're doing, and you need to be prepared to waste a lot of money. And I, you know, I'll emphasize the word waste there, um, because there's a there's an entire science behind it. Um, I, I did a little fiddling here and there. But in the end, I found that after all of it, I was only making something like £20 out of the 2000 I was spending. So I thought, I'm, I obviously cannot do this right. So I'll just focus on what's important, to, which to me is writing more. And how often would you say you are running promotions? Or are you running them on, on an ongoing basis? Uh, I do um, every four weeks, I think. Every 30 days, I'll, I'll, I'll do a stack of something. Um, if I can in between, then I'll, I'll, I'll run them on a different series. Um, so I like to, as much as I can, basically, I'll, I'll, I'll ring it to death. And I think I saw, um, I'm sure I saw you making a post the other day. Was it you saying you'd had your first $1,000 or £1,000 month? Was that you? Um, that, yeah, that was about uh, that must have been about six months ago now. Is it? Oh, <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> so, um, that, so that, and, and then you sort of made the comment, um, you know, and I've spent about, nine hundred dollars in promos or something but that's right <laughs> yeah it wasn't a thousand pound profit um but, but since then i think i've gotten really lucky because i think after that was my first book bub of the year um since then i seem to uh, i've done a lot better <laughs> let's just say how much um i haven't had less than two grand on any month ever since that but that's thanks to book bub I, I i will highlight that <laughs> Right. Okay. So that, but that's phenomenal. You see, because at two grand a month, this is dollars, not pounds, is it? Do- dollars. Uh, that's pounds actually. Two thousand pounds a month. Right. You're earning a full time author income from those books from from fifteen books. Yeah. 
uh, for now. <laughs> yeah, but, that, but that's a phenomenal achievement because that's actually, you know, most people would be absolutely happy with that. They'd say, that's great. I can leave the job now. Uh, yeah, um, do you know what? I'm just a little bit on the, you know, I'm I'm, I'm grateful and I'm, I'm really, I've really got really lucky with this. Um, I'm just a little bit worried that it might not stay that way. So I'm just kind of a little bit cautious, you know. Um, but, you know, as long as I keep writing and I, I keep handling everything how I've been handling, I think everything should be OK. In terms of your sort of financial trajectory, then, you've been writing for a couple of years. So it's taken you how long of virtually writing a book a month to sort of get to a point where you can say oh thank goodness I you know I can live well you know fingers crossed so long as it continues in that vein I could live now on this um I think I'd say a year and a half kind of gave me some kind of you know you know it's, it's in the near future I was aware of it after 18 months um now, I think I find it hard when I've got money coming in. I find it hard to keep up the work. I just want to enjoy it and swim in it like Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's a problem for me because it distracts me from the writing. But, um, I mean, you know, now my girlfriend and I are looking at getting a house together in March. Um, that's superb. You know, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, I, I, of course, there's like a 0.5% bit of fear that it, it might go the wrong way. But... <laughs> But that's okay. Yeah, we'll deal with it. <laughs> but, you know, congratulations. That I That is a, a tremendous achievement. I would say that at that income level, you know, even if it if it takes a dip for a little while, at that income level, you've achieved what most people would be happy with. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think there is a gold mine really, in Amazon, um, just in Amazon itself. I mean, I, I, I haven't even talked about iTunes and Kobo and et cetera. <laughs> But um, yeah, I think if you if you choose a path right, and you you always look um, for other writers, you find a group. And I, I do get a lot of people asking me, um, you know, for tips on on writing. And I say before you do anything, get a group. You need a group. <laughs> Absolutely, they're they're your pillars. You know, they hold you up. And your group is kindling. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, until the day I die. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 and, you know, I, I can't. I'm going to put an affiliate link. I hasten to add uh, on your page but um you know i can't recommend kindling highly enough i'll be completely consistent about that uh, it is the best writing resource uh and i think adam's saying the same thing too that that we've used for independent for indie publishing it's fantastic so uh do take a look at that um no so i want to congratulate you on that so let's now move to the genre change um you're not sure whether this is a permanent genre change yet um i'm not sure i'd like it to be um I mean, it's magic. It's basically a crime thriller of magic. <laughs> and um, uh, no, no, I, I love that. I mean, I've, I, I've been introduced to, I don't know if you know of the Dresden Files. Um, yes, I've heard of those, yes. Jim Butcher, yeah. Uh, I recently read a couple of those. Um, and I just, I mean, I was amazed. I mean, the, the second I, I closed the first the first book, I, I thought, this that was just amazing. I'd love to write something like that. And I know I'll never be, you know, to that kind of standard. Um but the idea that I can have a PI, I mean, in this case, it's not a PI, a PI but it will be at some point, um, a PI researching case that has something to do with vampires and werewolves, um, it's enough to keep it more interesting for me. You don't have that police procedure. You know, you're not upsetting people by getting details wrong here and there. Um, so it's certainly an easier genre. It's a lot more fun to write. I, I, I kind of, um, when you said about it being a factory, I thought, yeah, um, factory work is boring and after a while sometimes i think uh, okay i really need a break from writing i need something new and fresh um and the genre changes is, is great for that 
And you say you've gone for a pseudonym for this, and I'm interested in this because I'm just about to release some thrillers next year. You're just making me think, just get on with it, Paul. Just get them out there. Because um, uh, they're written. Uh, and I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm being all poncy and not, not releasing them and, and, until March. And I think, you know what, you just publish the blasted things and get the next ones out there. Um, you're, you're making me rethink my strategy for 2017. <laughs> uh, you know, talking to you. Uh, uh, because, you know, I'm delaying. Why am I delaying if I've written the things? I should be out there selling them, shouldn't I, really? I guess so, yeah. <laughs> or at least writing the next one. I mean, is it, is it finished as a truly? I mean, I, I, I always like to have one in the pipeline, you know. Um, I, th- I think I've, I learned that a, l- a lot of readers are like that as well. They don't want to read a book if it's your last book. Um, it's funny enough, I've, I've asked a few other people about this, and they don't really have those kind of readers. But um, I guess I, I leave on a cliffhanger a lot. Um, I do. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I, I'm big into cliffhangers. So um, yeah, well, I, I, you see, I have to write slightly differently because I have to do a, a sort of a day job three days a week um, to to pay for you know, wife, family and houses and things. And then, um, and then I can, so I, my writing is more chunky than yours. So the way that you're writing every day, don't think I could probably do that. So I tend to chunk my writing and, and sort of do it, you know, very, very focused on the days I have. Um, so I'm, I'm due to start writing my next one, uh, Thursday, 5th of, of January, which will be in the past by the time this interview goes out. Uh, hopefully I'll, I'll historical be, fiction. Yeah, absolutely. I should be about 40,000 words in by the time this interview runs, I hope. Uh, so, so, something like that. Um, but, um, yeah, yeah. So I, I do have a sausage factory, but slightly different from yours in that I can't, uh, write every day. Um, you know, so I, I, I sort of chunk them, but, uh, I think that regularity and that always having the next one in the pipeline is important, isn't it? For, to, to make money as an indie yeah i mean i'm not uh when this urban fantasy comes back to me and when that's finished i'm not actually going to publish that until the first draft of the second book is finished um it's nice to know that you're not you know you're not kind of publish and then okay let's start from scratch let's do another book um i like to be in the middle of it you know yeah I think that's, a, that's a good sort of motivational strategy i think because you're always in progress you're always in momentum mm. with that i think that's nice i like that um Brilliant. So, um, how did you choose AC Nichols? That was that was what I was going to say. Is is C your middle initial or uh, uh, or not? Uh, no, I have no middle initial. Oh, actually, good, I uh, don't. That's my problem. I don't have a middle initial. <laughs> yeah, um, it's actually it's my girlfriend's first initial. So. Um... I'm just being sweet and endearing and just well, no, sharing well, it with her, I suppose. No, that's a, that's a, that's a great idea. Okay. Because I've been, I, that's exactly the dilemma I'm in. All right. It seemed very unique and trendy, not having a middle name, but when you're <laughs> an author, it doesn't give you much to play with. Cause I, so I'm publishing under Paul Teague, P Teague. I've done, I've used both of those and now I need something new. And I'm thinking, well, actually, you know, I can rewrite my non-fictions. I've got seven, eight non-fictions out. I can refresh those for 2017 and squeeze another year of sales out of those. Um, you know, but I don't want, but I, I wanted to use that name. So um, you, you just used, so I just go P, use my wife's name, PFT, mine would be then. Yeah. Yeah, see, and that works. Uh, you know, it's got a ring to it. <laughs> PFT, um, there we go. We'll drop that down. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, I'm a bit obsessive about those things because I was originally going to go with just uh, A. Nichols and somebody in the Kindling said, um, and, you know, I've seen a lot of people say, you know, J.F. Penn and, um, none of us are springing to my mind at the moment which is quite embarrassing but uh, there are a few people who have two initials you know um and so i just thought okay well if you know if it looks better to a reader then why not let's do it okay right good thank you you've solved another problem for me for 2017 <laughs> uh, <You're> right <laughs> and then and, that, and actually that's a really nice touch because i mean, probably like your girlfriend my wife you know has to sit through everything she sees everything 
first draft. She has to go through all the agonizing and the lovingness when I can't solve a prop problem and things like that. So they certainly <laughs> deserve at the very least an initial in a book, don't they? The very least. Yeah, I don't envy them. <laughs> <laughs> so congratulations, you've done brilliantly. What what What's the plan now? Obviously, you've got these five books to write, but what is the plan for 2017? How does it look for you at the moment? Um, right now, honestly, I, I'm kind of like diving into the shadows, really. Um, this urban fantasy is either going to take off or it's not. I'm going to do three to five books, see what happens, I suppose. Um, but, you know, I, I love it. As a, as a writer, I love these stories. So uh, see if I can keep it at that. Yeah, I think that's a great attitude. You know, if you if you love what you're writing, hopefully enough people will also love it to to, to keep the, the bills paid. But actually, you've got, you've got to love it, haven't you, I think? If you don't love what you write, it's as you said it's like working at a factory it's just soulless yeah, absolutely and and i think that shows as well to the reader you know um i i i've had a couple of books and i won't name them um, <laughs> that i have been not so interested in um and i've had you know I, I kind of did a lot of stop and go when i was writing them um a couple of holidays in between and really it was a slog and the second i hit publish my first review was devastatingly bad um and in fact, I had to I had to call my girlfriend <laughs> to say, "Pick me up." <laughs> um, but yeah, like, you know, it's, it it absolutely shows. Uh, I think vice versa as well. If you're loving a book, then I think others, you know, strong chance other people will. Well, look, I'm so pleased I finally managed to tie you down for this interview. I've been after it for ages, and you've you, you've been leading me on a merry dance, and we finally got you sat here, and it was as good as I knew it would be, which uh, I knew you got loads of good stuff to share, and we needed to tease it out of you. Uh, and I've learned loads of things here, and it's you know I found it very inspirational, and it's set me off. So thank you uh, so much for that. Uh, ah, thank you. The one thing I'm, I'm going to... I usually say to people at the end, tell me where I can find out more about you. And you do have some online sites. And that, it's the one thing I nagged you about. Uh, <laughs> get yourself a website, Adam. <laughs> so where can we find out about you online? Um, I am... But as per your suggestion, I'm on about the author now. Um, uh, on Facebook, Goodreads. And I am actually currently working on a website. You star. Get that website out there. Okay, so well, if that website is done by the time um, your interview goes live, let me know. We'll put it on the page, and then we can start to direct uh, traffic to that. And I must just ask the last question, um, because you are I think you're so good at marketing. You've so clearly got all the, the branding stuff and all these things. What, why did you leave it so long to get a website? Um, I I'm, I can say I'm lazy. <laughs> I left it long to get a subscriber list as well. I think I just seem to I, – I try to take the easy path, and that's foolish. Um, so that's another piece of advice to any aspiring writer. Never, ever, ever do that. If it's too easy, it's not It's not right. <laughs> well, I, I think you're going places. You're, you're, you've done brilliantly already. I think you're going places. So I'm sure that website – I know it takes a bit of effort. It's always – you know, it's always – more learning isn't it probably a little bit more money but uh, i'm sure it will serve you very very well in the years ahead because uh, you know you've got every sign i think of your author career just igniting oh, thank you very much <laughs> i hope so <laughs> thank you for speaking to us today and i wish you every success for 2017 okay thank you Paul. thank you for listening to this week's self-publishing journeys if you enjoyed the show please consider sharing it with your indie author friends or you can leave a review on itunes stitcher or whichever podcast directory you use. In the meantime, you'll find previous interviews and all the show notes at selfpublishingjourneys.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll have more great self-publishing tips for you next week.